Welcome back to episode two of the season 162 overall or something. I lost count already. Um, glad to be back. No pun intended there. Uh, but also seen back here is the prodigal son, uh, Jack Mangan. Welcome back. How are you doing, my friend? I, I'm doing all right. You kind of threw me to a, uh, for a loop with the, the new German in the intro. Yeah. Hadn't yeah. heard that before, but uh, yeah, sorry everybody for the uh, the delay in us returning for our uh, Bundesliga season. Kind of a big occasion, but unfortunately, uh, coronavirus finally got me uh, last week. I had a good run, kind of avoided it for a couple of years, but I yeah. uh, was not in a position to pod last week. And uh, fortunately, voice is back a little bit to normal, so I apologize in advance if uh, any coughing or anything like that, but I'll try to keep that uh, on mute as much as I can. Right on. Yeah, yeah. You didn't miss much the first week, uh, obviously, the game against Cologne, uh, the didn't go too well for us. And that's we kept it brief and short. Uh, this episode is going to be a little bit more in-depth. We're going to get to uh, talk about all the stuff that happened in the summer. We got a lot to catch up on, right? We didn't get to do it in our first episode. And so we'll talk about all the, the signings that came and went. And then get into the Gladbach match here. Um, but yeah, uh, how was your summer overall? I haven't get a chance to ca- catch up with you yet. Dude, unplugged massively. You know how it is. Um, you know, especially after a couple of pretty stressful Bundesliga campaigns <laughs> as we were getting relegated in the Almost roller coaster of, yeah, of the promotion campaign. Uh, you know, I, I yeah, I, I very much stayed off of Twitter. I don't think I had many tweets, of course, across the entire summer until we kind of got back into action here. So, um, yeah, looking forward to uh, to going over everything with you and kind of hearing your thoughts because you and I haven't even discussed a lot of this uh, between ourselves yet either. So, uh, yeah, but pretty low key summer for me. And um, yeah, how about you? Yeah, my summer was uh, pretty interesting myself. I I too got the Rona finally, you know, two years after you know being scot free and got it uh, just before I went on vacation, and so I ended up being like off of work for three weeks. That kind of worked out that way. And then it's been like one thing after another. You know, our daycare closed down for my son, and then I got hit in the, I got in an accident. I'm okay. My truck isn't. It's I still have no vehicle. Uh, that was months ago. So yeah, it's just been an interesting summer, but uh, it was nice to take a break from here. I thought I was going to get a lot of stuff done uh, in terms of like, you know, podcasting stuff like prepping for the season, but got none of it done, but which is fine. That's normal, right? <laughs> We're back. Uh, games are back. We're back on the Bundesliga. We're back on ESPN. It's a godsend, man. Good to hear the voices like, you know, Derek Ray and company. Just uh, It's nice to find a, a steady, reliable stream as opposed to the dodgy Czech Republic streams. If you know, no, absolutely. No, that no, was, yeah, that was that was definitely the uh, uh, the issue for the first couple months of last season until we had finally got access to uh, to Schalke TV. But yeah. um, for all the people that were having issues, hopefully that's resolved now. If you have that uh, that ESPN Plus subscription, yeah. And for uh, for the, all those who are listening in tonight, uh, let us know in the chat where you're listening from. Uh, had a great turnout again, once again for the live stream. Last uh, first two live streams of the season have been awesome. So it's great to have uh, all the people join in and watch the game together. Uh, so yeah, let's you know let's get into the summer real quick. Lots of things happen. First off, you know we can touch real quickly on we got a new manager, right? Gramozzi's left. Uh, Buskin stepped in. We knew that he was short term, uh, and then shortly after the season, we heard that Frank Kramer would be the new manager. It's funny because this past weekend, a second name that was linked to us for most of the summer was Daniel Farka uh, toward the end of that season. So it's funny that we went against him so early in the season. Um, 
Cliff's note, I, I listened to the press conferences uh, or after the game and actually before the match as well, the press conference before and after. And I actually like Daniel Farka a lot. I, after listening to him, I got a better um, appreciation of him after listening to him because he's a very intelligent guy. But thoughts on on, on Farka? Thoughts on Kramer, uh, the signing of Well, him. yeah, Farka, first of all, no, yeah. But uh, <laughs> he is an interesting character. I mean, I think, I think he's had, um, you know, some of those promotion campaigns with Norwich whenever teams played very good stuff and for whatever reason could not translate that success uh, on a top flight level. So interesting appointment for, for Gladbach to pick him up and give him the reins after that, you know, Marco Rosa situation didn't exactly um, work out according to plan or whatever. And um, yeah, so interesting that, uh, you know, first of all, Itakura uh, on the Gladbach uh, starting 11, then also Farkas, the two guys that we were thinking potentially would have at some point, but yeah, as far as Cromer goes, um, you know, obviously Bielefeld relegated last season. Um, and I, I think opinions on Cromer were not particularly high for, for much of his kind of year-ish yeah. tenure, um, so to speak, and doesn't have a particularly long managerial track record prior to that to that Bielefeld appointment. So um, I thought it was kind of an interesting hire, like not necessarily in a good way, kind of raised an eyebrow. But, um, you know, we're in, same thing. We're in a tough position. Uh, there's a lot of squad overhaul. We still don't have the resources. So yes, we're Schalke. Yes, we're back in the Bundesliga. But um, you know, we still under some financial constraints with the contracts we're paying out for people and everything. And I, I just, I just wonder how how many options we really had um, in that regard. But obviously, it's the start of a new season. And I'm willing to you know take a look at whoever and see how things go. And um, on the on the basis of at least the Gladbach match, which we'll talk about, uh, some decent things yeah. in that game. I think to speak about. I, I agree 100 percent with that because you know it's funny towards the. As the season was wrapping up last year, we heard that, you know, the mastermind behind everything, Roven Schroeder, was looking at someone. He had someone in mind, and he, it, they had a game plan going out, and he said, well, you know, we'll sign the guy maybe a week or two after the season. And then weeks went on and on, and we're like, okay, do you have somebody? Like, what's going on here? And then when Frank Kramer came out, it was – it seemed underwhelming because we had waited so long. We heard all these things on. But, you know, like you, I'm willing to give a guy a chance. You know, yeah, we knew what happened with him in Bielefeld, and, you know, we're like, okay, well – that's not a great sign, but um, you know I, I followed his career a lot when he was in the DFB uh, youth teams and seemed to do very well there with uh, some of the tactics he was using there. I, I watched some of the um, instructional videos he was doing for the DFB, and I, I thought those were very interesting and positive that he could bring to Schalke. But yeah, willing to be open-minded, and yeah, I think I'm wait and see with him as we always do. We got to give uh, our 100% backing to whoever it is, player or coach. And I think, uh, yeah, so far, so good. Um, first game, maybe not so good, but the second game, a lot better. We'll get into that in a minute. So, uh, but lots of changes with the... A, a big job for him, though, wouldn't you say? I mean, relative yes, to where he's been yes. before. I mean, once again, the Shaka situation maybe being different than what it has been historically, but still in terms of the profile of a club, that's it's a sure. big job for Cromer to land, I think so. I think both him and Farka, right? Farka going to the top four team. It's true. Fair point. No, no, no experience, positive experience, I say. And then, then same thing with... Um, Kramer going to a, one of the historical clubs of, of the Bundesliga, to a team that fans expect a lot, and then you're expected to not get be in the relegation fight this season. So it's a lot on his shoulders. We'll see what he can do. But so far, so good. Um, <laughs> Eric Eric and El Waflo talking there in the chat. Uh, good to see. Uh, so, yeah, we had a lot of player movement going on this summer. I mean, a lot. So we thought last season was a lot, and this season was almost as many. Uh, Roven Schroeder wheeling and dealing. Obviously, you mentioned Itakura being gone. Cherlinov gone. So let's look at some of the departures first uh, real quick. Ozan Kabak finally off the books. He went off to, to Hoffenheim for 5 million euros. Robbie Matondo sold to the Rangers. We thought, we thought maybe we'd see him. He had a pretty decent spell in Belgium last year. He's gone for 3 million euros. 
Chan Bozdawan on a loan over to Utrecht. Uh, Victor Paulson come to DC, DC United. I get to see him uh, every week now um, for 500,000 euros there. Hamza Mendel gone on a free transfer. Mark Rosakowski gone, free transfer. Levant Merkan and Timo Becker gone. Um, and some other guys, Rodful, I think there's another one uh, that, that was gone. But um, Becker's staying at Kiel, correct? Yes, he's a whole okay. Kiel for sure. And then Levant Merkan is uh, with Karagamuruk. I don't know if I still pronounce it right, a Turkish team, um, the Super League. Um, thoughts on any of the departures that left? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, pour some out for Bosnian. You know, that's my boy. So, I mean, he's yeah. it's a loan. We still, you know, potentially, you know, have that. But uh, obviously, you know, I, I would have liked to see a little bit more of him than we had uh, recently. Uh, kind of glad, honestly, that the Ozan Kabak saga is, is over. Um, I forget how much we ultimately spent on him when we brought him in, but to get rid of him for only $5 million, considering what some of his peak transfer valuations were yeah, yeah. at various times, and we were unable to, you know, to find a permanent home for him at those points, that's... It's a big hit, unfortunately, but, um, you know, best for him in his career. I think that he moves on at this point and, and you know, nice to at least get something for that. Uh, the Harit situation, as far as I'm aware, is still out there. He's not part of, okay, yep. you know, the squad until we guess find find a spot for him, but still struggling from what I understand to find a permanent home from him. Um, and the two biggest things, yeah, in my opinion, were, were Chorlinov and Itakura. Um, important contributors to our promotion campaign, both fan favorites, I think, both players that actually expressed an interest in wanting to stay with the club. Yeah. So not only a situation of Schalke trying to retain them, both, both the players enjoying their time there and, and being happy there and wanting to continue. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, unfortunately, Manchester City, despite all the resources that they have, um, you know, they had their price and were not in a position to meet it. And so we had to let them go and uh, kind of cruel to have the home support at the Veltons Arena, looking at Itakura the first the first time there in the Veltons Arena this season, but <laughs> that's the way it goes. And yeah, unfortunately, the Trillinoff thing as well, because I, I was more optimistic that we'd be able to find a way to make the Trillinoff move work, and yeah, yeah, to see that one fall through as well was was disappointing. And you know, at times during that Gladbach match and even the Cologne match, you're wondering, oh, uh, we could really use uh, Trillinoff now, you know, that extra attacker, but uh, you know, it worked out in this last matchup at least. And uh, so yeah, sad to see a lot of those guys, Timo Becker too. I mean. You saw how much it meant to him to win this fight the league and get back to the Bundesliga, you know, end of the season, you know, really crying during the celebration of, of joy. And he gets gone to Holsten Kiel. And I, I get it, you know, it, it's, it's a business. But uh, again, another fan favorite of not only our podcast, but, you know, the fans in general. And it's now the CM Goat as well. And, you know, Chan Boswell, you mentioned as well. So, yeah, it's certainly uh, sad to see some departures go. But with departures comes new faces. And uh, we had a whole bunch of them. Obviously, Thomas Oyan, we knew that he had signed with Schalke from Azakmar for 2 million euros. It's a steal. Rodrigo Salazar finalized, obviously, as well. We got a new striker, Sebastian Polter, a guy with Bundesliga experience, came from Bochum last year, uh, lots of goals in the Bundesliga in his career, a, a steady double-digit goal scorer. So I think, you know, if the Timon, uh, Timon, Simon Taroda doesn't pan out in the Bundesliga, you know, we have someone in Polter that can actually help him out. Or if it does work out, we got a, a viable backup or a guy who can rotate with him um Polter seen saw the pitch in the first game and came off as a sub in the second game so you got him Tobias Moore we got him from Heidenheim um I like the sign I remember him last year by Heidenheim a good pickup there I thought Flo Mollet from Montpellier uh joined us attacking midfielder there Tom Kraus is a Schalke fan we got him from RB Leipzig I thought that was a fantastic deal he kept begging to come to Schalke and that's a loan move though correct that's not permanent yet right correct correct okay. it's a loan fee yeah. of 500,000 I think or whatever so but you know there's hope maybe if we can stay up you know um, I believe Peringer is official. Uh, Schwola, the goalie we got from Hertha Berlin, someone we've been flirting with for the last couple of seasons. We finally I got Peringer went out on loan. 
you know what? I think you are right. He went out on loan to uh, Paderborn, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then Jordan Larson, recent signing. Yes. Spartak Moscow. Uh, impressed with what I saw from him. The, the short minutes I saw in, in the game against Gladbach. Cedric Bruner, new right back. We've That's been a position where we thought Iden had it. A couple guys had it last year, we thought, but nothing mm-hmm. really super consistent. Bruner's in there now. Uh, Leo Gremel, a uh, youngster from Rapid Vienne. Uh, he's still been with the U23s, but he's been signed. Uh, Mayo Yoshida, new center back. I was mm-hmm. very vocal on his signing, not necessarily in the positive way, but I've changed my tune on him. Ibrahim Sise, Alex Kral. Uh Yeah, so those are the main guys. I mean, lots of guys. I mean, what do you think of the, the incoming class? We'll start at the back first. I mean, so you mentioned, you know, Gremel and Sisa right there. Uh, obviously, haven't really seen, you know, much of them. Uh, the Yoshida situation, I mean, look, it, it's it's really nothing more than, I think, a consolation for a lot of Schalke supporters. We would much rather have the younger Japanese international that we're familiar with. But, yeah. um, and, and, you know, the Yoshida doesn't figure to be a long-term signing. I believe he's turning 34 next week. Or So, I mean, very much getting towards, you know, the twilight of his career. But that being said... Uh, you know, a name and a figure I think a lot of us will be familiar with from either his time in the Premier League at with Southampton or the fact that he's, you know, captains the Japanese national team quite frequently. So you've probably seen him in various World Cups, whatever. Um, and listen, I mean, if, if you're going to be starting Malik Chow um, at center back, which we haven't sold him yet, so presumably he is going to be, you know, uh, one of our first choice guys back there. Um, it's not necessarily a bad thing to have a 34-year-old paired with a 21-year-old because Malik Chow is still that young. So you have this very experienced, composed in possession, yeah. um, always looks like he's under control in the right spot at the right time, reads the game very well. Um, not necessarily the worst pairing in the world there. Um, and, and also nice to see once again that, you know, guys like, you know, Uchida, whoever still helping to recruit Japanese internationals to, to Schalke, which is, which is kind of a cool thing to see. Um, the crawl situation, right? I mean, he's only available because his contract was, was terminated because of the whole situation that's going on. Um, in that part of the world, naturally. So kind of a fortunate for us pick up for the time being. Um, and, uh, you know, I thought he's kind of, he's generally looked very good, made some potentially mistakes that we can talk about in the Cloudbach game. Ultimately, uh, Tom cross, I've been very impressed with so far. Yeah. Um, very good hand for uh, head for transition moments, breaks quickly, finds an outlet pass, not like the final ball, but cycling yep. it to the person who can make that, that final ball. I've been impressed with, with him. Um, and then uh, I forget some of the people we've already mentioned. But yeah, there's a lot of them we just went through there. But yeah, Poulter up top, you know, consistent yeah. goal scorer, like you said, figures to be somewhat similar profile to Tarada. You know, we saw him come off the bench for Tarada in the Gladbach game. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, some experienced heads at, at various parts of the pitch. And I think, sorry, Tobias Moore would be the last one, I think you said. Yeah. Um, I did find that to be sort of an interesting signing in the sense that, I mean, he had a very good season last year, scored a number of goals, a number of assists as well. But um, particularly in terms of like the fact that we lost Cherlinov. Moore is not exactly like stylistically a replacement for Chirlov. Chirlov much more of a dribbler. To be yeah. more much of a link-up passer, kind of long ball player from crosses or whatever. So very different in terms of what he's trying to do on the pitch. Um, and even Larson to some extent. I think one of his more um, successful seasons was actually at center forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, although he has played in, in wide positions. And Larson, like, likewise, I think is more of a link-up passer sort of than like a straight dribbling option like, like Chirlov was. So different profile of player there that we're not exactly replacing. But um yeah, you know, overall, like halfway decent business. We'll see how that how that pans out and whether or not that's competitive enough to to get us into a comfortable position within the Bundesliga. But I think you and I would both probably agree that really our only goal this season is to stay up. Ultimately, yes. yes. Um, yeah, we have ambitions. We'd like we'd like to be you know have a decent season where we're playing decent football and picking up some points. And there's something to you know cheer about from time to time. But ultimately, we need to reestablish a foothold 
and a foundation within this league from which to kind of build. And so yes. anything that we can do to, you know, to survive is going to be good enough in my book, at least for this year. Yeah. I, I talked about this. I don't know if it was in the first podcast or was one of the live streams, but I said, you know, if we finish, you know, mid table, like t- around 10th position, I think that's a successful season in my opinion. You know, you want to be out of the relegation fight and comfortably out of relegation fight, I think. And anything, anything above that is a cherry on the t- a cherry on the cake chair on top but uh yeah you know that should be the main goal and you know once we get comfortable i think 40 points is the marker typically when you're looking at those kind of uh those markers and so we'll see we'll see how that works we already got the first points already under the belt um well waffles says uh peringer's already scored five goals for paderborn it seems like so early on to the season uh hey, listen potentially not done in the transfer market either um maybe need to be more active in the goalkeeper position we can talk about that too but um credit to shorter again though for for doing it with a mix of permanent signings and loan moves yeah. like seems to have you know a good head for finding players on loan that can step in and at least for a season do a job and um you know eventually you'd like to have some more permanent people that we can kind of build with but especially last year for the promotion campaign with the squad overhaul and now jumping back up these are big transition seasons and it, it's you know you, you have to be yeah. able to kind of have the um the dexterity i guess to kind of change course and you know do things with the new manager and everything so i think shorter deserves some credit for you know pulling off some of these uh these last minute loan deals too yeah yeah uh, a couple guys really going to talk about real quick uh obviously my yoshida i was very critical when the signing came in just because i followed him his entire career i followed him at southampton i followed him and then syria uh, and so I know this player very, very well. And but I was very critical because I, I like I said, I, I I hold a bias because he's been on teams that I've saw, you know, you know, you know, either supported or I uh, just I follow the league very close. And so I know what he brings. Um, he is. I was very harsh on it because I was expecting someone like Itakura, and then I felt like you said it was a you know consolation prize, and I wasn't too happy with it. But you know, after some reflection, as you do as you get older, uh, you know, I was like, you know, this is a good depth player. As you mentioned, you know, Tiao is still here for now, and he's a he's a youngster at the moment. So having Yoshida out there would be, you know, oodles of experience that he can learn from. And then you know, if you have Kaminsky as well, Kaminsky um, has played great, makes a great passing the balls but you know defensively he's not the sharpest necessarily right he's not he wouldn't be like if you look at the defensive talents purely on defensive talent he's not one of the top center backs on our team that you would think of so having Yoshida there would be a great stabilizer I think Uh, excellent depth player there and we already see in this game against Gladbach I thought he was uh, both Japanese uh, center backs were very dominant for their respective teams I thought Um, so happy to have Yoshida there absolutely Um, happy what I've seen about Bruner so far um for sure. Kraus, I agree with everything you said. Kraus, I think he's looked very lively. Crawl has been up and down. I think he, he was the only player I thought that played well in the in the Cologne match. Had a little bit of setback in this next game that we're going to talk about. Um, and then lastly, yeah, that's really all I really want to talk about. <laughs> Those guys, I mean, like the ones you said. No, it's a, lot, it's a lot of, we already covered a lot of ground though. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's a lot of people coming in, a lot of people going out. Yeah, so um that leads us to oh, obviously we had the first game and now we're, we're gladbach first home game in like 400 days for first bundesliga home game i should say like over 400 days something crazy I yeah exact number. I, I do appreciate the bundesliga making us feel at home immediately yeah. again by having just a wild var game because that really just made us feel like we're back in the bundesliga that's that's kind of what oh we're used God. to so Oh, I don't want to get back into that Cologne game. I mean, Cologne had another game with another VAR calls that went for them. Anyway. We got the benefit of a lot of those last year in the second division, but the couple seasons before we before we dipped ultimately from the top flight, we were Again, everything on the wrong us. end of those quite frequently. Yeah. So yes, yes. Uh, but we we played Gladbach, and this one obviously a difficult team. Team is a perennial top four team, Champions League team. Obviously, they have a new manager and, and Daniel Farco, uh, but still, this is a very good team. A lot of talent on this team. 
Um, so look at the starting lineup. This was a little bit of a change from the from the first game. Obviously, Shmolov in goal. Who'd you expect? Uh, Bruner again and right back. Yoshida, Tiao this time instead of Kaminsky. Obviously, Thomas Oyan. Midfield three remained the same of Kraus, Kral, and Salazar. Um, this time, Trexler got a red card in the last game. Got two games suspension that Shaka did not challenge. And so, Bulter steps up in this place. And then Tobias Moore once again. Simon Terota, healthy enough to start in this one. Obviously, Poulter got the start last game. <laughs> I talked about in the two live streams that the Poulter-Bulter combination is going to drive me nuts this season. Uh, Poulter to Bolter, Bolter to Poulter, anyway. Um, thoughts on the lineup in this one? Um, yeah, first impressions. Yeah, so I know on the uh, on the broadcast, um, they I mean they mentioned it was a 4-3-3. To me, it really was more of a 4-4-2. Uh, yeah, most four, of the four, game, two, four, five, one, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, not even just against the ball. I mean, against the ball it was definitely a four, four, two, but even in possession, it seemed like that. So it, it kind of looked like more of like a central midfield pairing, almost a double pivot of like Kral and Kraus, and then Zalatar wide right, uh, with more wide left. Um, uh, Tarada and Bolter, nice to see that combination continuing into the Bundesliga. I know Tarada, you know, came off the bench last week, but um, it just, it's, I don't know, it, both those guys are a little bit older, right? I mean, not both are not as much as Tarada, but cool to see people that were in more second division players to some extent go to the go to the top flight. And, you know, both look good against, against Gladbach, I thought. Like, you know, looked like he belonged for the most part, and, and Tarada was very good in link-up play. So, um, yeah, I was pretty happy with this, with this lineup uh, overall. Um, I mean, you know, I'm a fan of, uh, you know, Florian Flick guys like that, but I don't necessarily expect him to be starting, obviously, given some of the signings that we've made. And, you know, I was very impressed with, you know, Kraus, for example. So, um, yeah, mostly just, like I said, kind of in the evaluation stage, seeing what we have, seeing the different combinations. And, um, yeah. I agree about that 100%. Uh, looking at the bench, too, you got Fairman, Chalanolu, Flick, Poulter, uh, Molet, Kaminsky, Matriciani, Latza, and Larson. Uh, get to, obviously, you got Larson as a guy we, who just, we just got and finally able to play. So, had him on the bench there. Yeah, I mean, the, overall, I thought I wanted to see. Obviously, the the two main or three main differences would be Chow, Poulter, Bulter, excuse me, and Tarota. Uh, but I wanted to see a big improvement because the game against Cologne was so frustrating to watch. They had a lot of lot of possession in that game. A lot of um, obviously, Gladbach is someone who also is going to have a lot of possession. A lot of talent on their team. Their game, their first game was very similar to our first game in the sense that they were much like the Cologne side where they had all the possession. They had benefited from a red card as well. Um, and, they, and the scoreline was three to one. So you knew this was going to be a challenge for us. Uh, looking at the lineup for Gladbach, a lot of names that people should know because, again, their Champions League squad. Uh, Sommer, world-class goalkeeper, in my opinion. He's a fantastic goalie. Uh, very underrated. Itakura. World-class defender, in my opinion. Very underrated. No, okay. <laughs> he is very good, though. He showed again that he is good. Um Kramer, uh, Taram, Taram and Plieg, two guys who've been making it their job to score goals for fun uh, for Gladbach for a long time. Uh, Kone, Hoffman. Kr- Taram's only 25 years old. That blew my mind. I thought he was like 30 years old. I love Marcus Taram. He's so good, yeah, dude. I love good. watching him play. He is. Um, Hoffman, who's also good. Bensabaini, who's very, very impressive the first two games. Scali, Elvedi, who we all know. Yeah. Newhouse, another name we know. So this is a very strong lineup by them. Um, and this so, is Schalke Mera, so we got to shout out American Joe Scally. Nice to see him after his kind of breakout season last year, starting yeah. right away, kind of uh, in the in the uh, in the eleven. Um, yeah, as you said, Jan Zommer, stalwart. You know, one of the better keepers. Itakura, love him. Uh, Alsan Playa, Taram, uh, Manu Kane in midfield. I thought was very good in this game, and seemingly somebody that Gladbach's pretty excited about. Um, yeah, very strong lineup, and honestly, I, I think that's why I was to some extent surprised that we looked as good as we did 
against them at, at periods of this game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, I was looking at my um, my stats. Kind of got changed. Um, yeah, no, it was a, a certainly an interesting game. A, a strong team for sure, and I, I didn't know how we were going to come out in this one. Again, though, I think the the one the one positive of the Cologne match is we started the match very well. I thought the very first 10, 15 minutes came out lively. Obviously, the goal Salazar got taken away, but I thought we started this game very well. Also, um, what is Eric saying here? He says, uh, "Think about Scali and Thurman." Uh, Thuram will, uh, Thurman, excuse me, will go to the World Cup with the squads expanded to 26. Yeah, that's a good chance. That's a good chance for the U.S. men's national team there. Um, but yeah, getting back to the match, um, good good start to the game in this one. I thought uh, you knew that Gladbach was going to have possession, but I think Schalke did very well to make good use of the possession that they had, much opposite of what it was going on with um, with the Cologne matchup. And also, I think defensively, structurally, we were night and day difference, I think, against the Cologne match. I think a lot more discipline, a lot more structure in this one. Um, it seemed that though Gladbach had a lot of possession, they couldn't even get close to our box. What was your early impressions in that match? Yeah, I would agree. I, I was very impressed by uh, the defensive organization and, and how well drilled it appeared to be. Um, so as I mentioned, you know, 4-4-2 against the ball, uh, Gladbach in a 4-2-3-1 ostensibly but in possession they're doing a lot of stuff you know Farka ball there's there's a lot more fluidity um their fullbacks were pushed very high Manu Kane for example was often dropping deep to kind of take up that left back space to help build out of the back into the box yeah yeah exactly so um they, they were a little bit more I think like nebulous in terms of their shape offensively and everything but uh yeah I mean extremely narrow and extremely compact in terms of between the lines um, which I thought was was brilliant. We did not give them a, like a very wide operating space to kind of keep all their players in play within. And uh, the only times they really looked like they had anything cooking were um, some of the over-the-top balls that they would occasionally play. Uh, Malik Chow in particular, I think, having difficulty kind of keeping track of Marcus Turham, who, you know, despite being a big guy, has great technical ability and great pace as well. I mean, he's, yeah, yeah he's just a monster in terms of, like, the variety of ways that he can attack you. He's such a good player. Um, but, yeah, he was a handful for, for yeah. Malik Chow. Um, I was surprised they didn't go with the, some of those over-the-top balls more. They got back to it in the second half a little bit. Um, but in general, like, yeah, we did a very good job of denying them so any of the one touch play through the middle, you know, cause they can be very dangerous with that, with, you know, also play kind of tucking in, you know, Neuhaus can, can find those pockets of space yeah, and everything. And, and yeah. yeah, they got a lot of, you know, very strong technical players and everything. So I, I, yeah, I was very impressed by our structure and, and the times when, you know, players would step out, it did seem that immediately like somebody would rotate to kind of fill in the gap so it was very well drilled there's been so many times in recent seasons particularly in the Bundesliga once again before we got relegated where you'd be looking at a Schalke team and you're like I'm not sure they know what the instructions are because <laughs> you, you just can't and and this was not this was not one of those games you could tell that people no. knew what their roles were what they were supposed to be doing and yeah um so yeah particularly for you know Frank Kramer like you know they got relegated last year not the best defensive team at times um I was I was impressed that we had that kind of showing against you know very talented Klobach side particularly in the first half yeah, I, I agree 100%. And it seems like my big worry going to the game is I know the combination work that Taram and Plie love to do with each other. They can find each other in a freaking in the dark in a, in a phone book, phone book, phone booth. Um, <laughs> but they, they 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 guarded that very well. And it seemed like the player they were content having the ball was Kone. And Kone, you know, to his credit, was trying to do things and he was doing it very well, but didn't let the danger man get the ball. You know, Hoffman, Newhouse, they were very, you know, subdued in the first half. Uh, Plie and, and Turan for the most part were subdued. You mentioned the over the top against um, against uh, 
Chow that led to a scoring opportunity, the first opportunity of the game, really. And I think we saw a lot of that last year, right? That was what's infuriating we, as as well as we did last year. That was yeah, some of those direct balls, right? Direct balls over Yeah, Chow. yeah. And uh, Malik Chow, again, being victim to that. But, you know, Shvolov came out and, you know, say what you want about Shvolov. I think his reaction is quick and he makes really good saves when they has to make the saves. We'll get about the catching later, but um, I think, you know, Tia had a good recovery. And I think overall, you having Yoshida back there helped keep everything organized. You watched him directing a lot in that game. Um, you watched uh, one of the, one of the, Pictures they showed of the formation of the team as the as uh, you know with and without the ball. Shaka very compact, four four two like you mentioned, very narrow, making it hard for Gladbach. And Gladbach really didn't know what to do, kind of respond, and, and it showed early on. And so they had that early chance. But other than that, you know, it wasn't until what the 29th minute or whatever. Salazar once again he had a couple sh- he had a couple shots just moments before I think actually before the Taram opportunity had a chance just went over the bar. Summer he went for it, but it was over the bar. Salazar came back on the break, kind of led the breakout there, gave it to Tobias more, more back to Salazar. Salazar kind of just carried it up the pitch. Kone, I give Salazar full credit on this goal because not only did he score, but the most impressive part of that play was Kone was all over him, went for the tackle, and any other day you could have he could have fell down and got a foul, but he kept playing through it, took the shot and scored the goal. Um, thoughts on that play that led to the goal and ultimately the goal. I mean, first of all, I mean, Salazar, how many times did he just take shots from outside the box? And like, you want to be frustrated with it. And, and at times you, you kind of have to be frustrated with it, but he legitimately does score some of these, like at a higher clip than, than a lot of people. And yeah, the volume is high, but like, yeah, it's not the first time we've seen him convert no. some of these chances from outside the box. So, I mean, you have to give him credit. It's a really well hit strike. Um, I actually think Gladbach may be disappointed uh, watching that goal back. Uh, I thought, their midfield it may have been Cromer and a couple other were actually kind of lazy yeah um in yeah. transition like yeah. they, they put Zalatar under that initial pressure and then he nice like clever kind of looped out ball to Tobias Moore but then Zalatar immediately turns up field and none of the midfielders really follow him so suddenly he's kind of in behind in that pocket between their back line and their midfield yeah. line that's retreating for sure and like th- those are the moments that like Zalatar feasts on or those you know he's kind of takes that Harit role where he's the one centrally in transition kind of in th- that's the, that's where you have to be most alert I feel like with Salazar. so the fact that they let him get into that position as easily as they did even though as you said Manu Kane like later kind of coming down and trying to close it um I like lazy opponents as well Dirk in the <laughs> chat but uh yeah but it just gave him too much space and you know he's, he's gonna pull the trigger from there and so often he's under even a little bit more pressure than he was on that one and um yeah, nice finish. I think Torada was maybe a little bit disappointed that he didn't receive, you know, uh, a ball there. And and a lot of times he has a point, but whenever Zalatar converts it, you just kind of have to be like, all right, you know, yeah, nice job. Sure. So, <laughs> yeah. yep, uh, I still wanted Torada scoring this game too. But uh, yeah, no, the first half would end at one nothing. Um, I thought good first half, uh, a night and day performance difference compared to the Cole matchup. Uh, defensively, we looked like we had a plan. We were very structured offensively the times that we had the ball like the possession was very obviously Gladbach you know skewed uh probably like 60 70 percent most of the game uh but the times we had the ball we did something with it I think Toroda did a good job of spreading the ball out he would collect it spread it out Tobias Moore was active Oyan was active obviously very good hold up play I yes. agree from from yes. Toronto dropping deep linking up turning you know and, and playing to like an advancing overlapping runner on one of the sides did that a lot very good and I thought the midfield three you know Kraus, Salazar, and Kral, I thought, played very well. They really, you know, stifled them uh, from getting any big, big opportunities. Like I said, Kone was the, the most dangerous guy outside of the Taram shot. 
um, because it's because of the work that Kraus and Bruner were doing on the right hand side against against Plie, and then on the other side against Scali and, and Hoffman. So you know, good first half overall. Obviously, we would like to see another goal, um, but you can't complain against a, a Champions League top four team. You're up one nothing at home. Uh, couldn't have been a better start, I think, in that first half. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I legitimately think, once again, despite the possession, I think we were overall probably the better team in the first half or, you know, maybe the, the more convincing team structurally, at least. Uh, and, uh, you know, it comes on the back of maybe a, a low XG opportunity, but um, took his chance well. And, and yeah, I mean, probably a, a relatively deserved lead at halftime, all things considered. Now, I'm trying to see when... Um... What's his name? Lars Larson came in. He came in in the 60th. 60th minute. Yeah. So yeah, the first half or second half started kind of like the first half. My worry was the start of the second half in the Cologne matchup was very poor. They scored within like four minutes of the uh, the second half, and so that was my big worry. Uh, they had a couple opportunities actually early on. I think it was Taram or somebody had a really great chance to start the second half. Um, I think it was maybe a great save by Shvolov, who had a couple in these game in this game. He probably had two or three, maybe four big saves in the game. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's pretty much stayed the same as the first half. Larson came in. I was excited to see what he could do. He had a great scoring opportunity, nearly made it to nothing. Um, and I said, okay, at that point we're, we're cooking. We're going to score another goal here. You know how that works. You get close on one end and come back in the other end and it bites you. Um, Mr. Taram. Well, that wasn't even Taram. Excuse me. It was Hoffman. So this is a great play. I, the play started from Ben Sebayani in the back, went over the top, finds Plie, Plie finds Taram. Taram is fantastic. There's a back heel that no one expects. Gives it to Hoffman. Hoffman comes in. Kral looks like he's going to intercept it, and Kral should have intercepted it. He misread it, overjudged it, whatever. Hoffman still had the ball, ended up shooting past Volov and scored the goal. I mean, pretty play by Gladbach, but it should have never happened, in my opinion. I mean, what were your thoughts on that goal by, by Gladbach? I mean, Gladbach did a better, much better job in the second half manipulating us out of shape and, and finding um, opportunities to switch quickly where there'd be a lot of space on one of the wings, you know, where like Oweyan's kind of tucked into the center back line or something and can't kind of move out and challenge as much. But um, Kral, yeah, Kral had an interesting sequence there because he kind of missed. Um, there was sort of an aerial ball, I think, maybe before play hit it to, and it looked like Kral was going to intercept that and kind of whiffed on it, unfortunately. And then as you say, you know, Turam you know, his back to goal, moving away from goal, back heels through to Hoffman. It's a brilliant play by Marcus Tram. Um, Hoffman's first touch is actually kind of heavy, which gives Crawl an opportunity to come back. But then Hoffman somehow megs him, I guess, and and then scores off the back of it. So um, yeah. I kind of want to give Crawl credit because it's like, hey, nice recovery to get to get over there after just missing this other challenge. But like, yeah, I had two opportunities to break that up within the space of five seconds and, and missed yeah. them both. Uh, so you kind of have to put it down to a mistake ultimately. But uh, silky play. By Gladbach, yes, to be said, and uh, I mean they're going to come up with moments like that once or twice a match with uh, with the caliber of players they have. And I'm glad Med Hunter mentioned this because I agree. You know, somebody could say, "Well, why did he take him out?" Well, one, he was in a penalty box, right? Two, he's already on a yellow card. He, he Salazar, and a couple other, I think maybe Kraus or Bruner, somebody had a, a, three, like three or four guys had yellow cards in the first half, and so Crawl was trying to be smart about it, meaning not foul him. He thought maybe he, you know, some guys would fall down right yeah, away. I but... mean, neither of us are necessarily suggesting that we that we have him go to ground and put in a no, crunching no, tackle, no. but we are suggesting that he probably shouldn't get megged and then yeah. let up a one on one with the keeper. That makes never um, Yeah, I mean, so weird situation there. And also, yeah, this Sven Yablonski was a little yellow card happy. I felt like in this game too. So some of the guys that maybe yeah. had yellows probably shouldn't. I forget like exactly you know, how Crawl got his if he did. But yeah, yeah. Um, a little bit over the top, but. 
Oh my goodness, yeah. But so two, it's one one at that point, um, and game's not done. But you saw the momentum starting to go Gladbach's way. Uh, it would continue to roll and roll. They started getting more and more opportunities, corner after corner. It seems like. Then, in you know, just six minutes later after the goal, there, a play happens where I forget it, it came off a set piece. Ball gets bounced up high in the air, and we saw this in the game against Cologne, where ball goes up for air. Scholoff does looks a little hesitant about it. Finally decides to go. Looks like he's maybe yelling at crawl. Hard to tell. He jumps up, bobbles the ball again, and who do you drop it to? Marcus Taram, one of you know one of the better goal scorers in the league, and he doesn't make doesn't even think about it. He just shoots right in the net. Um, another poor goal. Shvolov, I think, is again. I think he he's smart off the line. He's quick on those plays when when the ball goes over the top or the side and looks like it'd be a breakaway. He's quick on those reaction wise. He makes fantastic saves. He probably had three or four in this game, big saves, point blank. But plays like this drive you crazy. This what drove us crazy about Fairman as well when he, you know, not only in the in the beginning of this fight to league, but also at the end of the Bundesliga when we got relegated. These drop balls that cause havoc and always goals happen against us when it happens. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's 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 very similar to what happened the previous week. So now we have two of these in the space of the first two matches, which is just completely unacceptable. Um, I mean, you could say what you want about Crawl getting in his way. Um, I specifically watched the replay to see what Shvalo was doing vocally. Um, and obviously you can't hear it on the replay, but if he said anything, he said like one exclamation at one moment. That's what I saw on the replay. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Should have probably been talking more if he was calling his defender off and saying, I got it. Should have and said Carl that multiple was times. I mean, the Veltons arena was rocking. I can understand Crawl maybe not hearing it. And, you know, maybe he did just ignore him for some reason because Shvalov seemed like he was upset. But um, to me, I don't know. I think Shvalov just got to be a little bit more authoritative overall. And then also, like, every time he, he has traffic in front of him, he's still going up and trying to, like, cradle these these balls in like this. I mean, like, like I understand that that's, like, a safer way to catch something. But when you have to, like, reach over a defender, you have to actually go and grab it. And you can't... Yeah. You know, be in a position where you're kind of alligator arming it like that. So, um, anyway, yeah, just it, it pretty absurd way to concede goals in the first two matches. Uh, we've talked about um, repeatedly on this podcast the theme, which is like make opponents beat you. Yeah, make opponents and like Gladbach is a team that's perfectly capable of doing it. Yeah, and the first goal, silky goal, you know, very nice goal. That second goal should not happen. It just shouldn't. And you know that if it, if it hadn't, there's a chance we come out of this with three points, which would have been a fantastic result. So, um, yeah, got to clean that up. Uh, like I said, we don't know entirely who's at fault in terms of what was said, what wasn't heard, that kind of a thing. Um, but, yeah, kind of an unfortunate moment for Crawl to be involved in both of those. And now Shvalov two weeks in a row as well. Um, tough. Can't happen again. I don't know if you heard, but uh, later on, maybe a couple minutes after that, he finally caught a ball, and the Nord Kurve sarcastically applauded him, you know, for his efforts there. So, uh, and I, I think I did too. <laughs> About time for that, but uh, yeah, like, I, feel, I feel. Listen, I feel bad if he's already getting like you know jeered and stuff, but you you have to also understand what Schalke supporters have been through in terms of goalkeeping play over the past yes. three, four seasons, even, and how inconsistent and like going back to like the Nubel Fairman days. Where we're switching Edwin Argen says Manuel Neuer, we've hadn't had a consistent goaltender. I mean, yeah, it, it's it really is kind of wild. Um, and so I think there's just a sensitivity there. So I mean, yeah, hopefully yeah. we can we cannot. Hopefully we don't do too much in terms of what's happening in the stands to kind of shake the confidence of your goalkeeper. Like, yeah. I obviously want Schwalbe to succeed, but um, early returns are very concerning. I'll say that. Yeah, I, I thought he was a, a an upgrade from both Fairman and Frazel from last season. Uh, his, obviously his reaction saves are fantastic, but again, you got to make those kind of catches. Hopefully he's getting better on this. Maybe he practices them in the week time leading up to the next match here. But uh, yeah, not the ideal way. And going down 2-1, I thought that's the game right there. Like they got the momentum. It's like they're going to score another goal here. We'll probably watch. Um, 
Ben Hunter says two goals, 100% in Schwab's fault. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely the second goal for sure. The second goal, the first goal, excuse me, I, I blame him more on crawl, I guess, a little bit. I mean, it's, it's a hard shot. Hoffman's a good player, but that second goal, for certain, for certain, is Schwab's fault. Um, so down 2-1 at that point. Not At that point, too, we weren't really creating anything, you know, it seemed like it was all Gladbach. We were getting no opportunities, and we started making substitutions. I know um, lots of came on for crawl, you know, late in the game. But um, Molet came on for Salazar. Salazar was gas. He gave everything he had in the 66th minute. Uh, Poulter came on for Toroto too before the two goals happened, and really hadn't done. Nobody had done anything really to liven it up until Bolter came on. I thought, and Bolter, oh, Bolter has been on, but he, his play. Who came on for Shaka that really livened it up? Um, wasn't Mullet. I guess Larson to an extent, but we finally, as the game went on and on and on, we're looking for, I, I was saying on the live stream, like we just got to get one or two opportunities to get the set piece going. If you can get Oyan an opportunity to swing in the box, anything can happen. We've seen it so many times and late it's it, it went dragged on and on. And finally, um, in the 90th minute, we got a foul. I forget even how the foul happened or if you remember, but ends up leading to the Thomas Oyan free kick and, and, Swinger goes in the box, goes for Bolter near post again, uh, saved by Sommer. And I didn't see it initially. I saw the players waving their hands, uh, but VAR got involved this time to our benefit. And it was a legit handball by uh, Herman, the new or the Herman, the new guy who came on for for Gladbach off the bench. Uh, first off, did you see how that foul occurred that led to the the free kick? Because I missed it. I don't recall if I remember what what caused the free kick before that. Um, I'd have to go back and watch, but yeah. But I will say Oyan's um, uh, delivery, pretty much all game, was what we would expect. A lot yep. of a lot of not just from set pieces, but from open play as well. A lot of well well hit balls. Um, and as you mentioned earlier on the podcast, the fact that we were able to secure him for what like less than three million, um, I do think is 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 kind of a steal. <laughs> so we're we're back in minus two with VAR now. We got that one call yeah. all the way there. Uh, but yeah, we got a penalty, and you're thinking, oh, it's a penalty is great, but. You can't, people forget Sommer is good. He's one of the best goalkeepers from the penalty kicks position. Um, he's, he makes save after save. He's, he did it in Euros. He's done World Cups. He's done it everywhere. He's really good. at. So I was I was worried. I, I wasn't sure who was going to step up. Bulter obviously stepped up. And when he scored, it was it was obviously joyous a situation there. Um, happy to see that. I, I knew that the game was wrapped at that point when he scored that. Obviously, it was in the fourth minute of the third minute to stop his time or something crazy like that. But um Good result overall. I felt like it felt like a victory, even though we drew this match. I think it was a deserved draw because we played so well for a good part of the game, and then it was that ten minute spell we were really bad, and Gladbach made us pay for it. What are your thoughts on the game overall? Yeah, I mean a much much stronger performance in the second half from Gladbach. They created a lot more. They caused more issues um, from I think wide areas in the final third as well, which I was surprised they didn't do as much of in the first half, given. Once again, how narrow and compact we were playing the entire time. We were we were giving them a lot of those opportunities, and they just seemed sort of entirely disinterested in crosses in the first half, and, and that sort of um, build-up mechanism. They hadn't really fully gone away from that central, I think, emphasis that they tried to have. Uh, but yeah, overall, um, you know, strong, I, I think strong uh, organizationally. Uh, and uh, I will say, I mean, in transition moments in particular, like the team actually does look like relatively cohesive. There, there is some chemistry there. there. There are some quick one-two passes and overlapping runs and moves that, um, that yeah. that are that we're pulling off with some regularity. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're gonna have to see if under Cromer against different opponents, we're gonna be able to have a larger share of the ball, or if this is just sort of gonna be our approach, um, 
all season. Uh, I think it's potentially a lot to ask, especially given the work rate that we had to put in yeah. in this game. Um, you know, uh, the activity levels, is, you know, is quite high. Uh, but yeah, I mean, better than I expected, honestly, for our home. I mean, having Gladbach come in for your for your first home game in the Veltons Arena back in the Bundesliga is kind of a big ask. Yeah. Uh, that's the kind of thing that's setting you up to potentially have, uh, you know, like an emotional high and then a very back to reality kind of emotional low in front yeah. of the home fans. And I thought we acquitted ourselves fairly well. And if we can put in performances that are, I think, somewhat similar to that for most of the season, we'll probably be OK, yeah. honestly, in terms of our table position, and everything. But uh but yeah, uh, the one thing I will say real quick is just uh, our, our our good friend Marie, most capped uh, guest on on the Shalk America podcast, tweeted earlier several like pictures of events from the weekend that she was going to highlight, you know, on talking foosball or whatever. Uh, and one of those was, of course, uh, Marius Bolter. And so I just I, I, I mentioned I'm, I'm so glad that the Bundesliga now gets to experience the Bolter face. Yes. Uh, whenever there's Angry. a celebration, because he delivered after that penalty. The penalty was one thing, <laughs> but the celebration was really, you know, sort of the main event. Um, you know, like running into the corner and everything, and yeah, it was great. Uh, so I, I love that man, and I'm glad he's having some success. Yeah, uh, early on here. Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> um, percent. Two men in the map. Before I get to the game, uh, the two best players on the game for me were the two Japanese players. I think um, I thought Itakura was fantastic in the year, made some great tackles. Bulter nutmegged him twice, and he still tackled the ball away from him. I mean, it's fantastic, Itakura. Um, and each quarter was getting every ball in the air. Anytime the ball came in the box, oh, yeah, and you mentioned how his passes, his crosses came into the box very well. Eat the quarter, snuffed every one of those out. On the flip side, Maya Yoshida, I thought, was very composed back there. He kind of kept that defense sound and kept them from leaking more goals than, than they did. Um, and in this, and this, and the as, as Itakura did on one end, Yoshida got a lot of balls in the air as well. He's very good in the air. It's good to see both of them going head to head. Um, but the, those two guys stood out for me. A lot of good players, obviously, for both teams, and Gladbach in, in particular. Um, but, you know, the game overall, good performance. I mean, the thing that stood out for me is obviously the passing percentage. First half, we played so well, and you look at the pass percentage at the end of the first half, it was something like 88%. We were doing very well passing, and then it kind of dropped off. And you see here, we ended a game with 74%. It means we probably did a lot worse in the second half than at 70%. Um, and so that, that dropped off, and a lot of it had to do with Gladbach doing more – uh, possession, but I thought the comments by Daniel Farka in the post-match conference, in, conference were more leading to how he viewed the game. And he said, Schalke is very much a Bundesliga club. This team is very good. They made it very difficult for us. They were very structured and sound and, and made it difficult to uh, get our one-two passes like you talked about. And I, and I thought that was uh, a telling sign from the opposition as opposed to hearing the fluff from our own manager. So and maybe Farka's trying to play for another job in the future. Who knows? But uh, it's good to hear. That's, it, that's yeah. what Ethan at Tedesco time immediately said on Twitter. He's like, Farka's playing 40 chess. He's already ahead of us, you know, setting himself up for the Schalke job in January, whatever the situation is. After. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. I agree. I mean, yeah, Yoshida, like I said, calm presence. I think it's going to be nice to have him back there with, with Malik Chow. Um, that, you know, experienced youth dualism, if you will. Um, yeah. Dirk Sorry, brings up a very interesting you. point. Dirk says, you think the subs had anything to do with the weaker performance? And the two goals came after Taroda and Salazar came off. Maybe. Um, I think it more had to do with the guys who were on the pitch just not communicating well, right? Kral mis misjudging the play on the Hoffman goal. Um, could something happen from the fours that led to that? Maybe. Uh, but I think Ben Sabayini is a great play overall by, by, Hoffman, by Gladbach on that first goal. And then the second goal, miscommunication between Schwoloff and Kral, whether there was or wasn't, they weren't the communication wasn't there, and that's what led to that goal, I think. And defensively, 
Um, I thought the set pieces were better, not good. In the first game against Cologne, every set piece, it was a for sure shot on goal. No marking whatsoever. Second game was a lot better. The structure, I thought, I think I give Kramer a lot of credit in the, in the management team for getting the team set up defensively uh, to handle the pressure. And this would do service well in the games against the teams that had a lot of possession, um, a lot of our rivals. Uh, but yeah, overall, I'm, I'm happy with the game, I think. I agree with his comment. Yeah, I mean, the, sub, the thing I would say about our subs is just, yeah, maybe Larson and, and Mullet when they came in, uh, I think I'd have to look and see if this is true. This may not be true. This is just sort of what I remember my impression being that maybe the uh, the activity level off the ball on like the defensive end maybe dropped a little bit as compared to like, you know, Zalatar and more. Um, so that may have contributed to potentially to Gladbach having a little bit more run of the green than they did in the first half. But um yeah, I don't know. Uh, the Larson thing, by the way, is interesting too because he he likes to invert quite a bit, like and and get yeah. drifts drifts centrally, which is sort of different to how uh, Moore was operating uh, for a lot of that game. Um, something to keep an eye on. But I was, you know, with all the yellow cards we had in the first half, I am surprised Crawl didn't come out earlier because he seemed like he was a red card waiting to happen. With after he got the yellow card, you know, you know, he's a very aggressive defensive defender, midfield defender, whatever you want to call him, um, defensive midfielder. And I thought, he, oh, he had a potential to get a red card all game long. Not that he was acting crazy, but you never know. When you're on a yellow and Jablonski is doing what he's doing, is handing out yellows for free, um, you got to be worried of that. So it's him. You know, Salazar was another one who did come off in the 60th. Uh, I forget who else had a yellow in that, in that first half. Maybe it was Yoshida or I forget who it was. Kraus, I think, had a yellow as well. Um, so I wanted to see maybe like a, a lots of earlier or a flick. Um, and some of the defensive guys would come in and take him out when crawl was crawl didn't get subbed, subbed out until the 85th minute. So I thought that was a little late for him considering he was on a yellow. Maybe Cromer didn't think that, you know, someone could have done the defensive work that he did. Maybe, I don't know, but I think flick would have done a fine job. I think lots would probably could have done the job as well. So it was disappointing there. Yeah. I, I will say for crawl though, outside of the couple moments, the way he generally played though, I thought was, was quite effective and, and looked pretty good outside of just, I mean, obviously those moments are big because they changed the game, but um, I don't think it was like a poor performance from him overall for the rest of the, you know, 85 or so minutes, whatever you want to say. Yeah. I, I mean, the first half I thought he played well. I thought the midfield three played really well to kind of, you know, stagnate the Gladbach offense from turning any opportunities. So you know, it just like you mentioned, those couple moments they they stick out. That mo that you know, his bad play, uh, Schwalow's bad play, they they stick out. You know, when they when goals happen, this is what you see. So, uh, Edwin says, when you look at how things play out, you wonder how it took so long for Kramer to take out Crawl. Yep, exactly. So, um, any final comments on this one? No, like I said, just just pleased, like pleasantly surprised. I think overall by by the organization and how well drilled we looked we'll see if we can keep that up against different opponents this is how we're kind of going to come out most of the time but uh made me slightly more optimistic for how the season may end up shaking out i'll say that yeah i agree i agree uh next few matches the next one is against wolfsburg on saturday 9 30 a.m eastern time 8 30 jack time uh after that we got union berlin it's at home so that's good uh, union berlin at, at their home is pretty pretty daunting task Stuttgart after that and Bochum before the big rivalry. I do like that we're calling it Eastern time and Jack time. Central time is just Jack time now. I, I, that's right. I'm, I'm down with that. That's right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> Sorry. Derek. Um, all right. Cool. I think that's a good wrap. I think anything else you want to chat before we go? I, we Derek, we were in such a good mood. Why'd you have to bring up the closet? <laughs> Max Meyer. Anyway, 
we, 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 this is our problem we, we make jokes on the podcast long enough and now and now our own our own listeners will just feed them back to us and we can't escape our, our past of, of nonsense <laughs> fair enough we did it we did this to ourselves Deserved, yeah but, we did it to ourselves yeah Deserved. anyway good to be back with you though sir and and, and obviously very much looking forward to how this campaign is going to play out. it's nice to be back where Schalke, let's say it belong yeah, and uh, maybe we'll get the link up in person at some point. Maybe do a podcast in person. We'll see. Uh, to be determined. But uh, big game, River Derby coming up ahead. It's going to be interesting. You know how it's going to work out, right? Because I have, I for those who don't know, I have a, a, a baby due in about a month from now. My luck is going to fall on the River Derby. But, uh, you know, it is what it is, right? Maybe good luck. Might be good luck. So, all right. Um, so, next podcast, we're going to do a live stream more than likely, more more likely than not, uh, on Saturday. Uh, so definitely tune in for that. And that we'll do another podcast, hopefully bringing our first victory Monday. But we'll see. It's, it's still early. Well, you know, at least we're on a Monday today. So <laughs> it is Monday, right? <laughs> it is. Uh, it is. Yes. Uh, all right. Very good for that. Uh, Jack, uh, where can our followers find you on social media? At JM Mangan, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N on Twitter. How is that for the first of the season? No hesitation. Pretty, pretty right off the good. top. That's mid-season uh, form right there, sir. That's not bad. Form. Yeah, it is mid-season form. I was in the uh, end of season form all season long. Uh, shout out to the chat. Thank you for guys for bringing it tonight. Lots of comments and questions. Love it. Love to hear that. Uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of your week, and then uh, we'll catch you on the next game. Glug out.